0: And, you know, I've filled it up for you. Just take a moment to do that.
1: Think about it right now. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to deceive. I want you to write down in your margin the reference and then write rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. What do you think of when you hear rivers of living water? Do you think of this? Let's look at the do you think of just kind of like Well Creek? Just like a nice little creek, a nice little smooth, gentle river. That sounds nice, yeah. What do you think of this? <laughs> <laughs> this is actually Orville dam, just busting about the bust. When I started this, passage, it was really fascinating. The words to describe rivers of living water flowing through you, it was more like bursting through you. It was more like a river that's becomes so powerful that it almost, it breaks a dam. It's just, it's it's a power that is in control, it's unstoppable. A power that, that is gonna flow through your life have to do that. <laughs> um, you, you, that's, just because some people have some weird stuff that goes down once you start talking about the Holy Spirit, doesn't mean we should settle for a subpar experience of it. Just because some people take it and get kind of weird... Stop you from walk with God. He is more than enough because He is God. Romans eight eleven. I love this passage. The Spirit of, of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit of you. <laughs> did you catch that? The Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, lives inside of you. If you're a Christian. You have the spirit, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. Was that pretty cool? The the, the whole Jesus rising from the dead. Thing. Yeah. That's pretty dope, right? Okay, you have. There's so much more you can experience in this Christian life. And there's so much more that God wants to do in and through your life. And I'm just like scratching the surface, I feel like. I've been doing this for um, for 15 years where I really try to walk with the spirit in some of these ways I'm gonna explain to you. And I feel like I'm just getting the hang of it. It's not easy, but man, he is worth pursuing. So let me pray and then we're gonna jump into some new gritty stuff here. Father. We're so grateful for this promise of the Spirit flowing through us, and I pray that every person in here would walk away with a desire and a hunger for more of you, more of you um, working in our life, more of you leading us, more of you guiding us, and that we would fall in love with the the Holy Spirit working in our lives, and fall in love with you, Jesus, and the Father. That's what you Amen. Okay, so we're going to switch, and we're going to kind of look at some... What, who is the Holy Spirit, okay? And so I'm going to just go some minutes. The first thing is, the Holy Spirit is not a ghost, okay? He's not like Casper the friendly ghost, okay? Some people use the term holy ghost, and that's kind of confusing, okay? It's actually, the spirit, he's not like Casper. Okay, the Holy Spirit is not an emotional experience, okay? You, you may have an emotional experience while you're worshiping or while you're praying, but that is not primarily who. If the only time, the main time you experience the Spirit is when you're at a worship service, your faith is weak sauce. <laughs> okay? It, it, it's because he's so much more than just a warm fuzzy. Okay? He does give you feelings. And he does work in every part of your life. But ah, there's so much more than that. Okay? The Holy Spirit is not an impersonal force. Okay? Like <laughs> <Not> the force. He's <laughs> not like that. He, he's not magical. He is God. And so he does what he wants. You can't just find a way to manipulate him. So he does what he wants. And the Holy Spirit is not your genie, okay? He's not your personal genie. He's not here to to cater to your every whim and desire. He's here to help you serve the Lord, serve Jesus, to glorify Jesus. And the most important thing, you write down, the Holy Spirit is God, okay? (laughs) profound. the Holy Spirit is God. He's a he, not an it. Okay? He is a he, not an it. He is a person. He is one of the three persons of the Godhead, the Trinity, okay? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three three persons, one God. Okay? Clear as (laughs) mud. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three, Three persons, and one God. And I've been trying to teach this to Owen and Evelyn lately. And so I was talking to Evelyn. I was actually changing. We have some great combos so while I'm changing and, and she said um, she said something about Jesus and I said I wanted to remind her, yeah, Jesus is God. Did you know Jesus is God? And Owen was in the room playing around and he butted in and he said, the Holy Spirit is God too. Don't forget the Holy Much God as the Father, just as much God as Jesus. He is holy God. So a lot of us think that, that we need, He's 100% God, and, and He's the greatest gift. But the crazy thing about the Holy Spirit being 100% God is that He comes to live in us. Okay? He lives in us. Colossians 1:27. says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So, Christ in you. There's a sense where the Holy Spirit is Christ, and so that's where it gets confusing. Okay, so it's like, there's a mystery. It's a a glorious mystery. The glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. This is Jesus talking. You see what he's saying? It's a little crazy. He's saying, because these guys, this was, he was talking to his, his disciples, and, and they were the ones that were hanging out with him. They were eating, they were sleeping, they were, they were traveling around doing ministry together, and Jesus is like, Jesus is saying, hey, to your advantage that I go away. It's better if I go away. Would you believe that? I'd be like, no, Jesus, do not go away. I think it would be so awesome just to walk and see Jesus face to face. But he's saying that the spirit inside you is better than Jesus beside you. Okay? The spirit inside you is better than Jesus beside you. Because we have God living in us in, in, in fullness. time, and the clearer the two is, the more the Holy Spirit can flow into your life. So, the Holy Spirit gives us power for, so what does the Holy Spirit do? First thing the Holy Spirit does is he gives us holiness. He helps us grow in holiness. As the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like him and reflect his glory even more. So the Holy Spirit, first of all, he's called the Holy Spirit for a reason. He does is he, he helps us to be obedient. Obedience. It says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what he pleases. So the Holy Spirit not only gives you the power to do it, he gives you the want to do it, to do what's right. He gives you the power to do it and the want to. Um, you can be obedient to God. So the Holy Spirit can help you. The next thing is love. The love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. So when you have the Holy Spirit in you, the love of God is like, it just fills you up and it overflows and comes. It and says so the, the love of God has been poured out into your hearts. And the picture there, again, is this overflowing love. That the Holy Spirit, as you as you start walking in, in step with is love, Galatians 5, 22. And then, yearning, this is a stretch, but yearning after God's desires, okay? <laughs> I have a why word, okay? But it's not a really that bad word, okay? It's yearning after God's desires. It means you want to know God more. You want to serve God more. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what I've heard about people that become Christians, and the next moment they have like this weird, they say they even tell the person, I have this weird desire, I want to read the Bible. That's the Holy Spirit. Okay? <laughs> the Holy Spirit, if you have this weird desire, well, I want to know the Bible, I want to read the Bible, that's the Holy Spirit. If you have this weird desire that I just want to help people, that's the Holy Spirit. If you have this weird desire that you want to help other people come to Christ, that's the Holy Spirit. Giving you those desires. John 4:34, Jesus talks about this. He says, My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. That's what satisfies me. When you're, when you're keeping and walking and following the Holy Spirit, that's what you get excited about, is, is serving the Lord. And your food, what you crave, is to be used by God. And I can say that the more I walk with God, the more I get, like, the, the greatest high I have, I guess, is to help others walk with God. The greatest satisfaction I have is to help others experience God in Next thing is uh, self discipline. Self discipline. The Holy Spirit says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, love, and self discipline. Who needs self discipline in here? Okay? Most of you? I know I do. <laughs> okay. I need, mean, especially when I'm in Texas, to have a barbecue. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I've been in some of the most stressful times in my life, things that I just, like, I don't understand how to get out of this, and I've had this perfect peace. Okay? And I'm not saying that's to show off, because I'm, I'm I actually in front of me to this and I'm not like a super gracious dude. But because when I'm walking in the Spirit, he gives peace. If you're not at peace... You're not as filled with the Spirit as you could be right now. If you're not at peace right now, you're not as filled with the Spirit as you could be right now. That's something to think about. Because he gives us peace. The fruit of the Spirit is peace, Galatians 5.22. That's a good cross reference. Uh, the next I is illumination. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of power, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Isaiah 11, 2, 3. So illumination means, it's just a fancy word to say, he helps you understand the Bible. So when you, before you become a Christian, it's really hard to understand the Bible. But when you have the Holy Spirit in you, I always try to, often try to, when I'm opening up my Bible, That's what you're experiencing. You are experiencing the Holy Spirit when you experience that. The thing is, a lot of you guys are experiencing the Holy Spirit a lot more than you even know. You look back at these things, and you may not know a lot about the Holy Spirit. You may not have feel all sorts of warm fuzzies all the time. But you think, is God doing some of this stuff in your life? Then the Holy Spirit is active in your life. So be encouraged, and then let's go for some more. Let's, let's do some more. Let's let's get to know him better. That's what I want to challenge you guys. How can you get to know him better? And then R is rebirth. Rebirth. He saved us not because of righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, Titus 3, 5. And so you are saved by the Holy Spirit, okay? It's called regeneration. And so when you commit your life to Christ, when you say, Jesus, my life is yours, The Holy Spirit comes in and does an instant makeover in your heart. He actually just takes out your old heart and gives you a new. It's an instant heart transplant. (laughs) It says, you were taken out a heart of stone and given a heart of flesh. So your heart was dead before you, Jesus. And the Holy Spirit came in, took the old one out, and put the new one in, and it starts beating. (laughs) the Holy Spirit comes into your life and gets that thing up there. You're saved by the Spirit. Intercession. Is an excellent thing. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. So, you, he helps you pray. Intercession is just a way to say praying for people. Praying for people. And so, he helps you pray for people. The the last one, on my cross, I think it's not the last thing he does, but the last thing on my cross is telling others about Jesus. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So if you have that verse on your handout, I want you to circle the word power. Because that word, is the, in the Greek, it's the word dunamis, which is the root word of dynamite. Okay. So when you share the gospel, when you have the power of the Holy Spirit, it's dynamite power. And dynamite, last time I checked, was pretty good, right? <laughs> it, it can blow up stuff. So. It, it, it gets the job done. So when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, you can get the job done in He gives you boldness. He gives you a power that's beyond you. And this is something I, as I've started to learn this, I've started to experience that more and more. Acts 4.31 this is an example. But I encourage you to read the whole book of Acts. And notice when it says that there's filled with the Spirit, what happens next. Sometimes there's other things that happen, miracles and stuff like that. But almost always, it's they speak the word of God boldly. So a mark of being filled with the Spirit is speaking God's word boldly to others. So it says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. So full, cool. like we, we just the Holy Spirit is working in our life where we we actually split up. You're supposed to go two by two for safety purposes, but well, like forget that. Let's like, just we can reach more people and knock on more doors. And just we were just like, come on. Man. We walk into the door and I walk into someone's dorm room. There'd be like five, can you guys, and like, hey guys, what's up? I'm from you know Texas, Oklahoma, and California. I don't know where I'm from, and, uh, <laughs> but and good to meet you guys. Yeah, I have a message. I don't mind sitting down. I have this little booklet that explains how you can have a real intimate relationship with God. So all this, and we would sit down and like everyone in the whole. It would get like super serious. We did workshops. About 30, 30, 30 of them come um, of these new believers that were learning how to study the Bible, how to pray. And it was like, the Spirit just did it. We didn't do anything; We just went and He we did it. So, how can you be filled with the Spirit? How? You, doesn't that sound good? But with all those things. How can you be filled? How can you experience one the Spirit? The first thing is understand what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Okay, Ephesians 5, 18 not get drunk on wine, which leads to wild living. Instead, be filled with the spirit. OK? So it's kind of interesting Paul made this comparison. <laughs> it, it's, it's a little interesting because um, it's just not what you think. It is a very opposite. So let's look at Let's look at the comparison. Being drunk, you lose control, right? <laughs> When you're filled with the Spirit, you actually lose some of your inhibitions, you're more bold to share it with others. Um, drunk people often sing, and you can't quite understand what they're singing. Um, actually, it says in the Bible, when you're filled with the Spirit, you have a song in your heart, and sometimes you're singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs of God. So there's a singing aspect. That's why this is interesting. Um, when, when you're controlled by the Spirit, you sing to God. And uh, sometimes when you're drunk, you're either a happy drunk or an angry drunk, right? <laughs> okay? And, but, you know, a lot of people are happy. They feel happy. That's why they come back to alcohol. But when you're filled with the Spirit, you have, like, a real lasting joy. Okay? Right? When you're filled with the Spirit, you have this real peace and joy. Um, so I came across this little definition of what it means to be filled with the Spirit or complete. It says this, feeling what God feels, desiring what God Speaking by God's power, praying and ministering in God's strength, and knowing of God's knowledge, which God himself gives. So it's, it's just letting God work through you. You have the Holy Spirit in you, it's kind of letting Him take over, letting Him have access to as much of your life as you can. So it's letting Him work through you. So, so and when we talk about being filled with the Spirit, sometimes people get confused about baptism of the Holy Spirit. And baptism of the Holy Spirit actually happened when you became a Christian, okay? So a little slide for you. And it happened when you became, when you were saved, the Holy Spirit came into your life. When people say baptism of the Holy Spirit, that means that some Holy Spirit from the outside comes into your life, okay? And that happened when you were saved, okay? Being filled with the Holy Spirit is a daily commitment to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, to walk with Him step by step. And so it's, it's, it's also known as walking by the Holy Spirit. So it's not as dramatic. It's a, it's a daily walk with the Holy Spirit. So Wayne Grudem, in his book, Systematic Theology, said this. He said, Paul uses a present tense imperative verb that could more explicitly be translated. Be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So we need to be continually filled. We need to keep on being filled. So every day, it's not a one-time experience. It's a continual filling of the Holy Spirit that God can give. And so, why is that? Because we leak, okay? (laughs) We need to constantly be, we have sin in our life, we have things that get in the way, and so we need to be filled with the Spirit because we leak. And for me, trust me, it's a daily thing. I get kind of out of walking in the Spirit almost every day. I get grumpy, I sin. Thing I'd say is humbly surrender yourself to God. And then I put a parentheses, in, into your cup. So imagine you have a cup here. I have a cup here. It's a clear cup. And it's full of dirty water. Okay? The first thing, if you want to drink out of this cup, what's the first thing you do? Have a cup full of dirty water. What do you do? Dump it out, all right? Into your cup. And so God can't fill you with himself. Unless, if you're full of yourself. (laughs) God can't fill you with the spirit if you're full of yourself. If you're full of pride and you you feel like you don't really need God, then he's like, okay, more power to you. (laughs) Literally, more power to you. You're going to fail. Just as, and then Rowan says this, just as water seeks to fill the lowest place, so the moment God finds you humble and empty, his spirit flows in. The worst way to hinder the spirit of God in your life is to give into pride. And to act like you don't need God. You, you got this on your own. James 4, 6, it says, God opposes the proud, of, but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud, of, but gives grace to the honor. Okay, the next thing you need to do if you really want to experience the spirit on a regular, this is almost daily that you can do this, is repent of all known sins. Repent of all known sins. That means turn from all known sins. So that's letting Christ clean your cup. Okay, you have the dirty cup. It's empty. It still has all sorts of gum. You, if you just dump out dirty water, would you immediately drink it? No. You gotta, you gotta let Christ. You give it to Christ, and you let Him wash it out. Um, Second Timothy two twenty one. It says, "If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the Master to use you for every good." So it's this daily process of repenting of any known sin letting him forgive you your sin, and preaching the gospel to yourself is another way to say it. Um, reminding your, yourself of God's forgiveness for First 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his son purifies us from all sin. So if we walk, if you, all you have to do is take your dirty, rotten, dark sin and bring it into the light give it to Jesus, and He will wash it. The blood of Jesus will purify you from all sin. So the first thing you need to do is just be honest. You have crap in your life that you don't want anyone to know about, it, and you don't want to change. You have stuff in your life that's, that's just, you are, have been holding on to this for years. And I, I've almost always had something on the rest of my life. And it's something I can constantly give to Jesus, constantly repent of, and work with and walk with Him. If you don't have something like that, then you're just kind of denying. You're just, you're just kind of delusional. Honestly, if you think you don't have sin that you need to deal with before the Lord, you need to learn what sin is, because we all have sin and we need to repent of. We need to grow. And we need to give to Jesus. So that's a daily part of your walk is to repenting of any known sin. So the, the way we I describe this is spiritual breathing. Everyone, take a deep breath. Okay, take a deep breath. exhaling. Confess your sin the moment you become aware of it. So it's kind of like getting the bad stuff out and getting the good stuff in. Agree with God concerning it and thank Him for His forgiveness according to 1 John 1. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. sins. 1 John 1. Again, only to circle the word all. Okay, so that means all. He can forgive you all your sin. He can help you. You don't have to dig up every. When I say repent of all sin, here's a note. I actually got into this, and I, I was like thinking I couldn't really walk in victory because I couldn't think of all my sins. I used to think, well, I need to like make a master list of all my sins, and I need to confess every single one. And it took me way too long, okay? I couldn't even think of them all. And so, what, what I'm trying to say to you is, it's not, don't be legalistic about this, but be real, okay? Be thorough. All known sin as soon as it comes up. But if you forget one, God is, 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 is going to forgive you. He's going to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So he just, he's more concerned with the attitude of your heart than saying, oh, the exact sin that you committed. Does that make sense? Because I've got into some, it's, it's taken too long sometimes. Um, and sometimes as you're repenting of sin, God will bring something in your mind of someone needed to clear up a relationship. Sometimes he'll bring, maybe you stole something, maybe you need to pay that back. Sometimes you lie to someone and you need to go say, hey man, I lied. I tried to make myself look better than I did. So there's been times where I've been praying or hinting, and it's it's more than just confessing to God, or maybe there's something that I need to go confess to my spiritual leader. That God's like, hey, you need to tell Gary, Pastor Gary, about this and messed up. So be immediately obedient. So God is gracious, God is loving, He will forgive you of all known sin and all unknown sin. He will forgive you of all unrighteousness. And then all you have to do is exhale, You're exhaling, get the sin out of there, and then inhale, allow this, surrender your control of your life to Jesus, or rely upon the Holy Spirit to fill you with his presence and power by faith, and then start walking with Christ. And all that is is just taking your next step. Giving you your life to Jesus, saying, Jesus, I give my life to you, ask you to fill me with your Spirit, you don't have to do anything weird. You just say that, and you move forward in faith. So I'm going to explain in this next point how to do that. It's praying faith, trusting God to fill you, and courageously take your next step. <coughs> so it's not as mystical and as it sounds. Okay, this whole Holy Spirit thing. It really, He really wants to work in your life. He wants to use your life. So it doesn't have to be a feeling. It can really be a a choice of faith, a step of faith. Walking with the Spirit, it's more walking with the Holy Spirit than trying to create some mystical experience. It's more about walking with the Spirit and being obedient to whatever He tells you to do. So sometimes it is mystical, and sometimes it is powerful and, and emotional. But not always. Sometimes it's just a walk. Sometimes it's just the next step. Enjoy so two words I want you to revert on this is command. So Ephesians 5.18, what, what did they command you to do? You can more thank God that He is going to put you in the Spirit. Because God doesn't go outside of His Word. God is good. God doesn't lie. And so you can trust that the Holy Spirit is going to lead you, that God is going to fill you. And so you don't have to wonder if He will or not. You can know that He will. And you can step out and think. And when you do, then you can do things and you can get yourself in situations, like I was on the air. Share. I didn't feel like it and I didn't really know what to say, but I, I know I have the Holy Spirit with me and I'm like, let's just do this. So we out a the conversation. And I, I didn't say everything in the perfect way, but you just have to step into what God's called to do and let the Holy Spirit work in your life. And it doesn't through your imperfections. And you'll sin just because you have the Holy Spirit working in your life and you're filled with the Spirit it doesn't mean you're perfect. So so it's not about perfection, it's about direction. It's about letting the Holy Spirit flow through your life in a more and more powerful way. Does that make sense? So here's how you can pray for the Spirit, uh, to be filled with the Spirit. First thing is humble yourself before God, confess sin, and then wholeheartedly surrender your life to follow Jesus, and ask Him to fill you. And then the last thing is take that step of faith. Just start walking with Jesus. Start letting Do things. Try some things that maybe you've never tried before. Just try sharing the gospel. Try um, memorizing verses. Try doing some things that are hard and scary. And watch the spirit of the word. So I want, to, I want to actually encourage you guys to take a moment to pray. If, you're, if you want to, then just take a few moments. I'm going to give us like two minutes. And you can just pray this, but this may, may need more time than two minutes. So I want to encourage you to think about maybe take this home, maybe write down these steps, and, and think about praying this over tonight and, and really doing business with God. Right. So but let's take a few moments to pray this to God right now, and then I'll pray. I'll close us in prayer. And then the band will band come on now as everyone's praying, and then I'll, I'll spend this So let's go ahead and pray quietly and just, just spend some time with you.